Graffiti, as the name itself, is not an odd. Put your mark on society in, uh, in uh, doing something in society. I've screwed it up a little bit, but nevertheless, you got the message. You got the message. known as MOS1, uh, MOS1, or MOSS1. Uh, I always spelt it uh, several different ways, but that's, that's my moniker now. Uh, it's been so for, for years. It's just, you know, now I got to get it up. I'm trying to trying to get that a that little bit more noticed. A lot of it through my tattooing um, and, like, how I transitioned that to tattooing. But it, it never really leaves you, man. You, you kind of got to... You stick, you get a name and, and your friends forever still call you that. So. Definitely. Yeah. You'll always be like the moss. Like anytime that anybody like writes that shit, I always think like, yeah, you might write that shit, but like, I know the real moss. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which people were the ones that inspired you in the beginning? Um, Man, it was, it was, it's funny. Cause I used to skate with my, my homie Edgar and him and his brother had this crew, uh, it was ESW from from LA. These folks had just moved from LA. I didn't know what graph was. I knew that I liked to draw because I was always drawing like lowrider art and shit. Yeah, man, I saw I saw what they could do with letters, and it, it blew my mind. Like just how legible and wild these letters were uh, to me, and it kind of just started my journey. Uh, the way I actually got my name Moss was from them. It was kind of one of those things where, like, we were going to start a crew together. So I was going around writing MOS, which was Monsters of Style at the time. And that was the, that was the crew, MOS. And so I was hitting it up. I hit it up for, like, a good solid year. My homie ended up uh, moving out, moving out of the neighborhood. I was still hitting it up, uh, hoping to see their hit-ups, you know. And it never happened. But when I ran into this, at, at uh, like, the end of middle school for me, uh, right. His brother goes, well, fuck, if you're already hitting that up, bro, that's that's your name. That's right. Because right. right. we haven't been doing this shit in a minute. So they kind of left me hanging, but it never really went anywhere with me. Like it stayed with me. And, and that's just what I wrote for a while. Um, you know, I tried several name changes in, in early freshman high school. I think that was around the time I met you. I was writing a uh, said 26. I like uh, that name, dog. I like that name. It's still, I mean, it's. Uh, Strictly endorsing destruction, man. You know, it's it's chaos. It's a That's chaos. fucking dope. I love uh, that shit. How the fuck I know you all these years, and that's what I, I finally learned that part. I, I don't know. We just never discussed it, dog. Say, say I, it again. What what was it? Strictly endorsing destruction. You know that's what I mean? Like, I was, always, I was always about, in Spanish, we say desmadre, you know? I was always about the desmadre. I liked, I liked the chaos of... Of making uh, art and destroying shit at the same time. It was like a a weird duality. You know what I'm saying? Like you're creating something, but you're destroying something at the same time. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, that was, I don't know, man. I tried that. That was the name I actually got busted for. So uh, I stopped writing that for a little bit just because I didn't want to, I didn't want to get busted for it again, I guess. But Moss just seemed to stick, man. Everybody was calling me Moss forever. My homies call me Moss. My own mom calls me Moss. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of works for me right now. Yeah. Um, damn, I wish I had, like, more of the flicks. I try to, anytime that I catch, like, a said 26 or or anything like that, I try to send it to you. 
I think it's been a while since I sent one to you. Yeah. Honestly, man, with that name, I got I got a lot of trains. Me and uh, that was around the time I was painting with Zeppelin and Four a lot. Right. And, and Bear uh, from STS, and uh, we we you know we spent a lot of time on the train yard. These guys were were uh, these guys. Were, what do you call them? Train hoppers. Right. Yeah. He's like they 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 had nowhere to live. They stayed on the road. They contacted us when they were here. You know what I mean? Like eventually Zeppelin got an apartment, but near the train tracks. So we were always painting like the trains. Um, that, that shit was fun, man. Like it took me it took me a while to understand that freighters and metal uh, fades a little different than concrete walls. You know what I mean? Like uh, you start using different paints just because you know you're gonna go paint on a on a freighter, you know, while everybody was glorifying Krylons, I was on my Rustodium grind because Rustos don't fade on metal. No, yeah, that's true. Rustos the shit on metal. I love that shit. It was definitely a a fun ride for me, man. Like I still glorify those days. A lot of a lot of times, I catch myself talking about the the glory days, you know, with with people that have no idea what graffiti is. And, you know, we're growing up, and they just look at me like, "Man, this fool hasn't grown up." But really, it's to me, I'm like, man, I got to do something so fun that I can talk about forever. You know what I mean? Like, right. And look at it. I don't look at it as glorifying the old days. Like, that shit was just fucking fun. You know, it was the funnest thing I've ever done in my life. It was risky. It was scary. It was uh, adrenaline rush, the smell of soil and oil and dirt and homeless people around the corner. Like, it's weird how, how you learn to appreciate that side of the the streets. I still, it's funny because I still have like weird, vivid, like memories of that. I remember finishing up. I was already done. I was waiting for you motherfuckers to kind of just do your, <laughs> I mean, like I was looking around and as I looked at graphics, graphics was that the, the white kid, right? The white dude. He was like white and Spanish kind of. But he was the one that he was like way far out. He was like painting far out, and then I was like, "Bro, I see a cop running towards that." Floor. So I didn't even grab my cans; I just grabbed my bag. And as soon as we started booking it, some other cop jumps in front of the wall in front of us. Yeah, they surrounded us. It was game over, you know. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I I, I held a lot of uh, I had a little lot of issues with that dude. I don't know, I don't know if you remember that, but I had a lot of issues with that dude because. He was the only one that the cops talked to. He's the only one that had an actual lawyer, not a public defender. Oh, was, shit. There was a lot of shady shit with that. I don't know if you remember, man, but I just remember being like, yo, this one is going to get caught slipping one day. And I never saw him again, like ever. So, Yeah, I never heard anything from him, like doing anything, actually. I never heard anything after that. You're right. Um, he had a good name. Shit was pretty yeah. dope, but... Yeah, he he. I always got into it with him too. It was always a like a point of contention with him. Like we always got into it for some reason. Like every everything, he always had like um, something negative about how the crew was being run. Yeah, I remember that too. Right, but I, you know, there was always something something up when they saying, "Man, this fool's fucking gonna get booted if he doesn't stop talking shit." You know, just... he was good too, though. Like I don't know what the what the idea was because anytime I saw him do any tags, it was like on point. Everything Probably, was yeah. good for him being good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man, it was just it was wild. It was a wild, wild night. I still, again, I vaguely remember things, you know, especially 
with the whole passing of Moy, we brought up a lot of that shit just because we were trying to, you know, relive his memory. And uh, R.I.P. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Uh, I try to go visit him every now and then, every time I get a chance, because I'm in the area too. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't but, know. I didn't know what happened. Um, like how did how did how did he pass? We don't have to keep it in here, but well, no, it's it's fine. I mean, he had he ended up getting sick. Uh, but like he wasn't he didn't have COVID. This was around the time COVID was a thing, but he ended up getting sick. Uh, he went to the doctor on his own, and they they just told him he had a flu. Uh, but he didn't take care of himself. He didn't, you know, he, he was with somebody that wasn't going to watch him. Like, um, but yeah, he ended up uh, calling his mom and telling her, Hey, I think I got COVID cause I haven't gotten better in, in a week, two weeks. And so they, they went to go pick him up. The mom went to go pick him up from his, his baby mama's house. And uh, they found nothing but waters. Like he just was drinking water. He wasn't taking medicines. He wasn't taking, and at this point, he was already, like, you know, going unconscious and coming back, and, you know, passing out and shit. Um, yeah, they didn't even take him home. They took him straight to the hospital. And, and, yeah, he had COVID. And he was already, like, his lungs were already giving out on him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man, uh, COVID ended up getting him towards the end. But just because he wasn't taking care of himself. That one, so he struggled yeah. for, like like a whole three months before he actually passed man it was wrong yeah that one really hit me like when i heard about it because he was always a good guy he was really quiet around me a, a lot but he was he was always funny he always made me laugh and like anytime that he showed up anytime he had a black book that little black book that he always had like a small little black book and anytime he showed up, it was like, fuck, dude, like this fool is so good. He's always good. Like everything he does is so clean. Life of our party. You know what I mean? Like he was our, he was the wild one. He was the, you know, blonde hair, blonde eyebrows. You know what I mean? That's for, for that time that like, he was wild. He was, who did that? Everybody was sitting there just trying to be cholos and yeah. tag bang. was like, nah, I'm going to bleach my hair, spike it up, bleach yeah. my eye. Damn. You know? He was he was the the definitely the eccentric in our uh, in our group, and uh, yeah, man, he brought life to the party. So it, it, I think it hit us all hard. I think it hit me a little bit harder than anything, just because I was a little bit closer to him. Like uh, my family bailed him out. You know, they know his family, so we ba- we helped bail him out of jail so he wouldn't get deported. And wow, it was it was all wild. Oh, man, it was, it was, I just remember my mom asking me when, when we got arrested and I got picked up, I was still underage. Uh, but when we got picked up, the first thing she asked me, she goes, what happened to Moy? You know, wow. the fact that I had to tell her, I was like, well, he's in jail. My mom called his mom right away and was like, yo, like, we got to get him out because they're going to deport him. So, uh, yeah, my sister found a lawyer. We got, we got him out. It was a lot of it was a lot of fucking crazy shit that went back on the the back end of that, but yeah, dude, my family was was kind of affected by that too. He was he was kind of a part of our family. So. Yeah, that's love right there. I I still remember like last time I was around. I, I'm still seeing like little bird little bird shit tags every once in a while. The bird you shit. Catch them, man. The little mo, but it's like a little whoops. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy, man, because he just did not care what people thought about his tags. He just did stuff that was creative for him. 
in my mind, I was like, bro, that's a tag? Like, that looks like a fucking scribble. <laughs> yeah. A little fucking line, you know? I was like, but I couldn't, I couldn't dispute the fact that he knew what the fuck he was doing. You know, he had right. some of the lines. He had some of the cleanest fills, color schemes. Mm-hmm. So he was just, he was just being wild. You know, that's just how he was. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure other people could take the crown for it. But for me, he was like a gel pen master, you know. Oh, dude, I didn't know what were until he brought him around, man. Like, that's when I started gel pens. I'm like, bro, how'd you get that highlight? Mm-hmm. How'd you get that highlight in this black book, bro? And he would never tell me. And then one day I saw him with a fucking gel pen in his ear. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker, I caught you. <laughs> but it was one of those things that definitely... Uh, we all we all learned from each other, man. You know what I mean. I learned a lot from you, just like he, I learned a lot from him. I'm Learn. sure he learned. A lot from me, so. Yeah, I learned a lot from you guys a lot. Like I think uh, I, my development went up every single time I saw you guys. Every everyone, everyone that was there, it was always trying to trying to take it to the next level. Yeah, it was, and it was always friendly. Like it was a friendly, competitive vibe. We n- nobody really ever hated. Uh, and then the ones that did hate, if you notice, they kind of weed themselves out of the fucking group. Like they would, they just would leave, you know. But the ones that knew what's up would stick around and like deal with the shit and deal with the the issues that we had. If somebody had an issue with the crew, then we all had an issue with them. Yeah, and that's just how how we we did things back then, and we we had that camaraderie. Yeah. What what did uh. Well, you kind of already explained it, but what did UFO mean to you? Or uh, what was it? What was well, UFO? UFO, honestly, bro, that, to me, that was one of the coolest crews that I've ever been in, even though I got into it late. And uh, But UFO, you know, under freeway obstruction, uh, your female's obsession, it, it, it a lot. There's a lot of things that meant that you can make a name for, you know, but... To me, what it really meant it was like old house, drink, kicking it, partying like a crew, painting because we had it all there. Everything we learned to to put on illegal spots, we learned it in his backyard. You know, just having yeah. boxing. That's what UFO stood stood for me it was like a family. You know, uh, so it's just you could put a, a name to the crew, but to me, it was more of a a vibe the vibe of the family, the camaraderie that we had. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would say a lot of people, we surprisingly, like um, I wouldn't say that we were the most up when we were doing our thing. I think we kind of concentrated on really good spots. It seemed like, yeah, but um, surprisingly dog, like a lot of people will bring that shit up to me. And I'm like, like, you know, maybe even for you, like at the second you were like, Oh yeah, I was in UFO, but like, People will tell me that, and they're. I'm like, how the fuck did you know that? How what the fuck did you know about that shit? You know, yeah. like certain people were paying attention. Surprisingly, no. And and again, it's it's part of the subculture, man. Um, I remember growing up taking pictures of, and, and you know, the disposable cameras, and having pictures and stacks of just not just my graph, but like graph that I would see across the city that was dope, <coughs> mostly like. Oh, APM shit. Swole got up. Yeah. He was for me. He was one of the cleanest out there. He, it was to me. I collected a lot of pictures for a while, and then uh, you start seeing platforms like like social and social media, like Facebook or uh, Instagram, 
Instagram was a big one because then you start seeing dudes post graph from the early 2000s. I was like, yo, that's our era. Right. So I started some pictures, you know, I was like, yo, I got this picture, I got this picture. I sent Swole a bunch of pictures of his pictures and he's like, yo, I didn't even know. I totally forgot about all these spots, you know? And for me, just cataloging that was, uh, I didn't realize what I was doing at the time. I was just taking pictures, but really I was cataloging everything and still being able to have some of those kind of, it cheers me up whenever I like look through them or I have a homie that I haven't seen in years and I'll bust out some flicks, you know? And uh, it, It's cool. It's cool that other people were doing it because you see pages like Sinful 702 and things like that. They post all this cool shit that I didn't even have. You know, I've seen some of my pictures on there and I'm like, yo, they caught that train, you know? It's just, it's wild. It's wild to see. It's a wild experience. Yeah, it was uh, like if you had a link on art crimes, you were doing it. Yeah. You know, I remember like we, I would check art crimes every fucking day and then you check the state, you would check it by state, you know, and then you would see it and you're like, am I on there? Fuck no, I'm not on there. And you, w- I wasn't savvy at the time. I didn't have, com- I didn't have a computer. I didn't have anything digital to get my shit on there. I didn't know anything about that shit. And then, well, yeah. Yeah. And somebody, and then you just see your shit on there one day and you're like, holy fuck. Like how I have my name on there. That's crazy. Like, how did that work? Oh, it's under my crew. My crew is under there too. Somebody's paying attention. Yeah. I think, I think that that was a big, uh, for me indicator that we were doing something good. I think the first time we saw, I saw our shit on the news because somebody did something or somebody tagged up like some sort of cop station or whatever. I can't remember what it was, but we ended up, as UFO, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, y'all fools got down. I didn't do it. But right. the fact that they did it brought me joy. I was like, yo, y'all made it for us. Like, yes. UFO is on the fucking news right now. It was a little bit scary. At the same time, you're like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. This, it was dope. It was worth it. Yeah, especially at that time, they were really after everyone. Yeah, it was a, that was around the time where that dude, uh, uh, Goodman was trying to get people's thumbs cut off or whatever the fuck. Man, no one talks about that shit anymore. <laughs> you know? No, that's just wild times, man. I, I remember, uh, you know, people talking about the whole graffiti hotline and people ratting each other out to the graffiti hotline. And I was like, yo, why? Why? Why is this a fucking thing? It's just fucking graffiti, you know? But apparently, you know, there's there's people that really don't like you. <laughs> they just want to fuck your life up, so. Remember the battle board? The battle board? Damn, bro. <laughs> to catch tags and people going over you like instantly on it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, was like, <laughs> and people got serious. They got serious on there. Yeah, I mean, I want to say those were like the early days of tag banging, literally tag banging or uh, computer banging. Yeah. You were putting up your crew. You would see fools, you would see fools hit up. Uh, random gangs and shit you're just like damn this is supposed to be a, a graffiti thing I gang members in this bitch all right that's like super early internet like when people um like they don't even know about that kind of shit right now like they understand ig and likes or whatever but like the instant thing of like actually being able to interact with another writer at that moment through digital media that way was fucking amazing i remember they had uh on, it was in art crimes. It was like a, a LA based one. It was like a fuck. What was it? 
I don't remember. I just remember seeing a sick ass LA tag in the in the front of the website, right? And it was a graffiti. It was a graffiti website, but they say the same thing. They had like a little battle board and a little message board, and all you see on the it's like an AOL message board, right? Right. And all fools hitting up their crew, and then fools saying "fuck your crew," big this and this and that, and you're just like, oh that shit, it's funny. Yeah, Man. I miss that dog. You know, I I appreciate those early days of like learning message boards and trying to figure out like who is who in the graffiti world through the internet because it was just a fresh thing, you know. Yeah. But now, like, it's so easy for people to just be like, "Oh, I follow him." You know what I mean? Oh, I see what they're doing every day. They they're posting every day. I follow him. Uh, to me, I feel like that's kind of like a. It's just so easy. It's not. It's not. There's no love in searching for this shit no more because it's just there. I remember you have to like go through shit to just even meet people, meet some of these dudes. Oh, I know a homie that knows this, who that knows that, who. So I'm going to try to, you know, fucking, I want to go painting with that for one day. So I got to like paint with these fools first. It was almost like a ranking system. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah. But, uh, dude, it was, it was fun. Now you can go on Instagram, just, hey, bro, I'd love to paint whenever you're in town. You know, you know, like, yeah, that, to me that's that's cool too. But I don't know. I feel like the the, the reward was a lot bigger back then. We were just like, dude, I I earned this shit. I didn't just message him. I I earned my right to paint. Yeah, I think that's how a lot of people do it now. So the the value of it is like went down a lot. You know, yeah. like not, not value from us, but value in a whole that people don't value it the same. You know, well the new generation doesn't value it the same but yeah no i i totally uh i miss that i miss a lot of the, the the taking pictures and uploading them up to the website hopefully they post your shit you know like mm-hmm. now you can just fucking you got your own page you got your own instagram your own facebook whatever yeah so, that's that's what's dope about sinful because maybe i think uh i think that's what he's doing now maybe he had just a bunch of pictures that was sent to him at that time and he's just like, oh, shit, well, let me just start throwing this bitch on there, you know, like politics aside, even though I don't like such and such or I beefed it with them back then. That's yeah, that was cool about that, that, that website is that they didn't they didn't play the fucking the gatekeeper of like, nah, I'm not going to let this one site. I'm not. If it got on there, it got on there because it was everything was neutral. Mm-hmm. If there was there was beef, you know, the writers themselves settled it, but he never himself, whoever never got involved the site never took shit down it was all he, he like makes his shit even blend in there he won't even put his shit in there like just like one one full day of his shit now he mixes it all up and shit you know so you can't tell that's hella cool see i didn't know that's good to, i mean i'm not gonna sit there and say nothing but <laughs> no i know cool. yeah it's it's just fucking mind-blowing when i found out too were you there when that, those fools rolled up to dome's house with AKs? Um, no, I think it was, uh, and so they, they, we're going to squash the beast and we're going to do a, a boxing match in the backyard of Dom's house, mm-hmm. but Dom pulled up out of, in a van with, with AKs and a fucking Mac 10. And I was just like, I thought we were just going to box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know. Wow. I didn't, uh, I think I heard a part about it, but I didn't know the details like that. Yeah. We're supposed to squash that beef because it was over some girl. It wasn't even graph shit. I hate that shit. Yeah, and uh, the beef was gonna get squashed. The crew, I think the crew, all agreed to it. You know, 
and I don't even know if this was UFO. This might have been the, the T when we were doing TGK before okay. you. Know, so, uh, yeah, my vid my memory on that is a little off, but I just remember those fools rolled up, uh, and then uh, got out and got out and fucking had AKs and had a Mac Ten. I'm like, fuck, we're about to die. <laughs> I was like, Shut yeah. He's like, what the fuck? We were just gonna box it out. But, yeah, yeah, imagine that's... imagine doing shit like that and then like still interacting with artists and shit. Like, you know, like you said, you he posts you sometimes. Yeah. You know? And he's not ignorant to a lot of this shit. You know, I'm no, pretty I... I'm pretty sure he knows who's who. You know? That's that's looking that's actually really wild that, that, that he kept it neutral. It's so sad. Yeah, I can respect that. Like even um yeah, I spoke with uh, like that fool and shit too. He said the same thing. He was like, he was like, you know what's good about him is that he posts the haters too, dog. And I was like, yeah, dog. Like that's really good for the scene. The fact that somebody can be professional about that shit and just show the art, the art part of it, it's really yeah. dope. All, you know? all bullshit. At the end of the day, is that's really what makes the scene is the graffiti that's going out. If you're sitting there, if you're sitting there gatekeeping and fucking blocking out whatever you don't want on there, then that's just it's just bias at that point. Yeah, it's not not as authentic. People, I'm sure people still look at it, but it's not. You're not getting that whole Vegas vibe, uh, that whole Vegas uh, turnout, I guess. Right. Where, where you're looking at different artists from from different crews. Maybe maybe we were that ignorant too at the time, where they just didn't give a fuck, you know. But I feel like I feel like it's turning into the, more of a tag banging scene than just a tag being scene. And right. and it's always been that way. I mean, it's it's gonna happen. You, you you get caught up, you go to jail. You have to pick sides with with. There's no there's no tagging crews in there, you know. There's gangs. There's Mexicans, blacks, you know. So it's damn yeah, it, that's true. It's bound to happen eventually. As as big as the city is getting, it's going to turn into like a new LA. You know what I mean? Eventually, we're already filming. It's already. getting there. It's getting there, dog. It's getting hectic and shit. Like it's fucking fires and shit, fucking happening all the fucking time. Murder shootings are getting crazy. Fucking uh, robberies are getting crazy. As far as like as writers go, making the transition from graffiti writer to tattoo artists like a, a lot of people in the tattoo community don't really dig graffiti writers is that true um yes and yes and no uh because now i, I want to say with the again the 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 internet the social media you start seeing it a lot more you know uh the traditional tattoo artists which is your your traditional tattoos traditional americana like the sailor style tattoos right uh those dudes hate they hate graffiti artists. They're like to not, not to a point where they won't fucking, you know, fuck with them. But they just they talk shit. They steadily talk shit, and a lot of it is just because they don't look at, they don't look at uh, what we do as far as coming up from just doing letters and fucking, you know, shit like that. They don't look at it like art, like they like they do. So yeah, I mean, now there's a lot more. There is a lot more uh, graffiti artists that have transitioned into tattooing, yeah. but that became that became more of a thing with like with Norm in the '90s and and fucking R.I.P. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Giant, uh, 
all these dudes, like Mike Giant was was one of like my biggest inspirations into the transition only because he he was like the Sharpie God, bro. Like he's got his own Sharpies, you know, but he's a Sharpie God. And I loved, I loved Sharpies. That was my shit. But just knowing that he did that transition, you know, you know, there's several others I can't think of right now, but there's there's a lot now that I now that I've been into this for about ten years solid now. Uh, even before me, there was you know great artists like street artists like uh, like Bug. I don't know if you ever heard of Bug. Uh, he was a he you know rest in peace. He was a big influence on me too because he was a trapper, bro. He was a fucking this would he would trap and tattoo, and then eventually he got famous for for that style of tattooing. So all he did was tattooing, right? But Dude was a, tra- a trapper, straight trapper. You know what I mean? Like he would fucking tattoo you wherever, as long as you had the money for it. And and that's the way I I learned how to tattoo. So going into the tattoo industry and dealing with your traditional, you know, apprentice apprenticeship artists, the ones that that did everything by the book. Yeah, if, I eventually had to do the same, but it 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 held me back a lot. Because nobody wanted to help me out. Nobody wanted to help out the graffiti artist or the fucking tagger, you know. And I've heard that so, before. So it 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 definitely it definitely kind of like puts a I don't know for me it kind of like I don't hate these dudes, but at the same time I'm like that whole oh you know we got to keep tra- uh, the tradition of tattooing traditional and to me I'm like that's bullshit. That's just like putting a fucking cap on art or, or on what you call graffiti. You know, there's different styles of graffiti. There's different styles of painting. There's different styles of anything, and it's just put trying to trying to gate gatekeep. I, right. I use that word a lot now, but trying to gatekeep in an industry where artists are just trying to create more art on on human skin, not just on walls. Uh, it's kind of shitty, man. You, you can't really respect somebody who tries to hold you back. You know? Mm, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Um. How was the transition from from graffiti uh, to tattooing, and how different and uh, similar are they? Would you say? Honestly, they're very similar. It depends on the style of work you do. You know, uh, I notice a lot of graffiti artists going into, especially with the amount of color that we do in graffiti, uh, going into going into the new school, uh, uh, new school traditional, or just new school tattooing, where it's more animated, more cartoon based. Uh, very colorful and and a lot of it is just graffiti on skin to me you know you still have your bold lines your line weights you have your bold lines your skinny lines your your cuts and it, it's the same thing it's just on on skin and learning how to transition it to skin takes some some time but once you get it down dude it's it's just another medium you know uh, right. but so it wasn't necessarily hard for me uh, I, I kind of reverted back into the more of the Chicano style tattooing because that's what I grew up around. That's what I grew up seeing. Uh, like very uh, font based. Not necessarily. It's more for me, it's more art based now. Uh, mm. But when I do, when I do my lettering, I try to incorporate, uh, you know, some sort of street style to it. I don't just do regular cursive. I try to add some, some sort of street element to it, whether it's a, you know, a quick little flare or whatever, uh, some sprays, some little overspray, yeah. uh, peppering or shading. It, it, a lot of it is just how you apply your artwork and what you want it to look like. For me, I, I want to keep that street vibe to it. Uh, it's been it's been good to me as far as like keeping me successful. Uh, but I definitely didn't struggle too hard transitioning from tattoo artists uh, from 
graffiti to tattoo artists. Uh, the struggle was more learning how to tattoo properly because there's a lot of ways to tattoo. Uh, and, you know, when you start tattooing from home and you start doing it, everything on your own, uh, you pick up a lot of bad habits. Oh, uh, for for yeah. me, learning, relearning how to tattoo properly and, and getting rid of those bad habits was, was an issue. But the fact that nobody was willing to help me at the time because I did graffiti because I was actively writing. Um, I feel like it definitely helped me back, you know, a little bit uh, to an extent where like, again, I don't, I don't respect a lot of tattoo artists in this industry, but I love the industry in general. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of love still in the industry, just like in graffiti, you know, you, you, still, yeah. you still, you still deal with your haters. Everybody's, you know, no matter what you do, there's somebody that's going to be hating. So I heard that, um, surprisingly, I heard that the glass industry is like that too. Like people that uh, uh, people that blow bombs glass. and shit. Yeah, I heard it's really like that. I, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, you 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 have this industry where you know you're an independent contractor, you're an artist, you know, and it's a competitive field, man. Uh, depending on what you're doing or not doing, you 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 can you can potentially fail if you don't uh, push yourself away from the norm. So if you're building regular glass bongs, I'm sure you're. You know, you're you're sitting in this like category. Once you start getting artistic, uh, you have th these guys are like, well, we're doing it for the art. You guys are doing it for the money. You know? Uh, yeah. There's always there's always a, a beef. You know, yeah. same thing. Same thing that we have to deal with with tattooing. We deal with that too. You know, there's artists that you could tell are obviously doing it for the money, and there's artists that definitely give a fuck about what goes on people's skin and and what how how their artwork is presented. Just like you would in graffiti where you don't want to go over someone's spot or catch the spot somebody else caught because now you're fucking, you're a fucking spot jocker, you know? Oh, so yeah. there's things that you got to like stay away from and like still do. There's rules to these things, but I'm sure there's no matter what industry you're in, you're going to have somebody trying to, to talk shit about what you're doing and how you're doing it. You know? Like, would you, if a certain person tattooed someone, would you like, would that like, kind of sway you from not tattooing them if it was a certain person or nah not even um i mean i guess it depends on on who they got tattooed by and the reasons by it you know i've had a lot of people tell me like that my stuff is too expensive and they'll go to some street dude and get it done and then i look at the tattoo later on and i'm like and it's, uh, yeah yeah you know and you're just like damn i could have hooked you up yeah but but you can't be mad at people for making those choices some some people are just trying to save a buck uh but do i get mad when other tattoo artists tattoo my clients i i personally don't uh i kind of welcome it because i look at it like a black book mm -hmm. uh, as weird enough to compare it to that but it, i do because at the end of the day that people are just collecting art you know they're collecting tags they're collecting um little solo pieces for original pieces from certain artists i, I can't be mad at that because i didn't create that original piece you know and i'm definitely not going to copy it right yeah I, I had noticed certain things as far as like the black book approach that you said like when norm had passed away i saw how many people posted like oh i got this tattoo from him and it was just like a whole nother fucking thing where you're like oh okay i didn't look at it that way i really i'm i should have looked at it that way but i didn't it's a it's a weird perspective but honestly man like you really there's so many variables to it and, and Honestly, at the end of the day, it comes down to the client. What does the client want? In this industry, in tattooing, you have to focus on what the client wants. Sometimes the client doesn't know what the fuck they want, really, but you have to 
that's your job to make them visualize it. You know what I mean? And if you're going to sit there and, you know, fucking jack somebody else's artwork just so that you can get a quick buck, then you're in the, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're doing it for, for the buck, not for the artwork. And that's what set Norm aside from a lot of people in this industry is that he was doing it to just get up. So he didn't give a fuck about the money. He was worried about his name. He had a name to, to a uh, reputation to, to uphold, you know? Right. So, so yeah, a lot of people collected the artwork. It was genuine. It was authentic. It was his, his style, his mm-hmm. style of lettering. He incorporated a lot of street into his, his, his Chicano style lettering. Cause a lot of it is, you know, thick, thick, uh, down, um, thick downstrokes, uh, thin upstrokes, you know, very like calligraphied shit. Yeah. But he had some fucking street style to it that just made his work, his work. You can, you can spot a norm piece, a norm tattoo, wherever he always just had the same style. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that gutter aggressive style. It looked really yeah. aggressive all the time. You oh, know? for sure. Yeah. It's probably based off the people that he was around. You could tell he didn't seem like an aggressive dude, but Not like, yeah, the scene around him will probably influence you to have aggressive lettering. For sure. I mean, again, he grew up in the graph area, the graph era where San Francisco graph was was a fucking, it was booming, bro. You know, it was early 90s-ish. It was, it was on the fucking top of the world right now, or at the time. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. sure that had a lot to do with how he was influenced. For the same reason, I was influenced by a lot of the, the writers that I worked with and just hung out with. You know, we created pieces and they showed me how to do certain letters, how to change my letters. I remember you uh, showing me how to how to add uh, a center to one of my O's. And it just blew my mind because in my in my simple ass mind, I'm like, I'll just fucking do a, another little circle inside and throw a 3D in there. But then you added these like flares that came out and I'm like, that shit made it rock, you know, and I <laughs> I would have never thought of it, you know, and I still think about that shit to this day because I'm like, you pick up these things from everybody, <clears throat> not necessarily biting, you know, but you're, you're progressing with them. You know what I'm saying? You're learning with them. Yeah. I would consider biting if I didn't work with you and like my style was yours, True. but we, we worked a lot together. We had a lot of, uh, you know, we painted a lot, uh, a couple of illegal spots for sure. You know? Yeah. Still have, Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly and supposedly. Uh, but, you know, we, we learned a lot, you know, and I think that's why where, where styles get merged. You, you learn with the people you work with, you know, and he, he had a lot to do with the, the gang scene in, the, in Frisco and the graph scene. So you could see it in his artwork, in, in Norm's artwork. Same thing with Bug, same thing with Giant. You know, everything's real street, but it's, it's authentic. It's their style. I couldn't so find it. I couldn't find it because I was trying to find it before I spoke with you right now. But um, Mike Giant, he had a great fucking lecture. I don't know if you ever saw it. He had a wow. lecture. He he did a lecture for uh, some kind of college, and like um, he he spoke for about about you know almost an hour and a half or so, but like forty five minutes into it, he's like, oh. Uh, do you guys like those those that color combination right there? And they're like, people are like, kind of reacting in the crowd. And he's like, oh, because I can't, I don't, I can't see it because I'm colorblind. If I didn't tell you guys, I'm colorblind. Did you know oh, that? No, I yeah. didn't. Yeah, but that explains a lot. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's why he was always on that Sharpie game. 
a black Sharpie game, bro. That he he has his own signature black Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Isn't crazy. that crazy? That's yeah. wild. Yeah. So he he said that he would like um. This is from what I saw in that lecture. I didn't speak to him directly, but uh, he said, um, yeah, people would tell me, hey, I like that piece that you did in the such and such. And they would, they would tell him colors and he would be like, OK, 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 pink, green. OK. And he'll write that shit down. And then he'd be like, OK, OK, I got to remember that. I got to remember that because he doesn't see colors the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that fucking nuts? That's wild, bro, to think that he actually had some very vibrant shit like i've seen some of his like pieces on like and you know flicks and shit or whatever and some of his shit now i think about it was a lot of like vibrant colors vibrant bright colors very very 90s you know very 90s early 2000s but it was like vibrant shit it's weird that he doesn't understand the color scheme yeah he he could see only the contrast between the colors he couldn't see he could see tones of it or i guess certain tones but he can't see necessarily the color i guess i don't know because i'm not colorblind but that's what he would do so when somebody would tell him that a, that a piece was dope that's the only way he knew what colors to do shit's crazy but but that again that also makes a lot of sense as to why his shit his lines were always the cleanest mm-hmm. it reminded me of how Mose did his shit you know but thick, like his thick bars always, yeah yeah lines were cleanest the style was fresh mm-hmm. i just it's wild to think that his color scheme was all kind of like just remembered and not imagined. Yeah. That shit's nuts to think that like what, what a, Fuck. what a, what a, uh, something that would like stop people. Like it would be a hurdle that just made him better, I guess, you know? Yeah. And again, and he's still a, a legend in, in the industry, you know, in, in both the graph and the tattoo scene. Definitely. Big inspiration. Yeah. His, uh, I still want to see more of those throwies from him too. Like that face that he does. That face, I think it's like a lowercase G. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that shit is so fly. Do you do you have any like any upcoming projects and stuff that you're working on? Anything you want uh, to like shed light on? Well, uh other than just focusing on, on building clients, like I, I, I just recently transitioned from uh taking walk-ins to just doing mainly appointments because I've actually been getting pretty busy. Uh, which is cool, man. That's something as a young artist you kind of want to strive for, you know. It just took me till I was thirty-five to do it. So, yeah. so uh, to me, that is an accomplishment. But uh, honestly, now uh, on legal walls and wherever I can, you know. But I, I definitely want to get back into painting some more. And uh, you know, I've been, I've been trying to get my, uh, my son to kind of understand why I do what I do. Uh, he's always asking me like, why. I got into this and just me, me trying to be modest and not tell them about my old, my old ways. Never really, I never really shed light on that. I, he knows more about tattooing than he does about my graffiti days, you know, and I I don't necessarily glorify those days with him because I, I don't want him to kind of like get into some shit, but it's weird because they follow in your footsteps without you knowing that he's over here drawing, getting it, writing his little gamer tag on stuff because he's a gamer. Right. That's his tag, you know, his gamer tag. And uh, he's got me making stickers for him for his gamer tag. And we go around posting them every time we go out somewhere. That's so dope. Just earlier today, uh, we were going to go to uh, a breakfast spot, but the line was huge. So as we were leaving, I see him putting a little sticker on the little podium. That's funny. <laughs> where, the, where the fucking the hostess, you know, seats you here or gives you the menu and shit. And how, does that, like, how does that feel? Honestly, I laugh because... 
I, you know, he's 11, bro. So he's, he's, he doesn't know the consequences yet. So that's what scares me. But I laugh because he's doing it genuinely. He's doing it because he wants to gain followers on his, on his uh, gamer tag or on his YouTube or whatever. Uh, and honestly, it's stickers, you know, so I can't really be mad at him. It's not like a fucking, he's going out with a, a full can yet, you know? Yeah, that shit's nuts, man. I, I think about that too, you know, out of all the shit that I, the two, the two times that I got busted for graph, once with you and once when I was already kind of an adult. Well, I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time was the worst, and I'm glad I was a minor. You know, I was six months away from being 18. Yeah. We got we got arrested, what, two days before Christmas or some shit? Yeah, and, something uh, like that. Yeah. What crazy times that was, though. That, that, you know, although it, it, the court and everything went on until I was already 18, I got tried as a minor. There was a, I was, I was a minor. Yeah. When I when i got busted as an adult it was the same shit i wasn't even doing anything crazy i caught a, I caught a tag on a pole while i was drunk mm-hmm. and uh you know i'm getting handcuffed i'm like what the fuck you know like what's going on oh no and, yeah so it just that wasn't too bad I, I you know i was old enough to get a lawyer so i got myself a lawyer i didn't even go to a public defender anymore and uh luckily i got myself out of a situation and, and you know slap on the wrist type of shit but there's not a lot of people that get that you know and Serious, so I, yeah, I, you got really lucky. Yeah. I'll do fines. I did I did have to pay a lot of fines. That shit kept me broke for a while. For so. for one tag? For one tag. Uh fuck. Tag alone cost me like five grand in Shut between, the fuck up, dude. Lawyer fees and court fees. Damn. The lawyer alone the lawyer alone was like almost four grand. Yeah, that so. kind of makes sense because I got like I had like um I think I had like a three hundred dollar fine, and then I had like a um, hundred hours community service for a sticker. Yes, a sticker dog. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I, that about the makes sense. I, had, I had like one hundred and twenty hours of of community service. Wow. I just I I I was again I was already working, so then I just kind of started. I asked my boss. I was like, hey, uh, he was being cool. He goes, hey, I told him, hey, uh, I got into some shit. I got, I got to do community service. Is there any way I can just work overtime and just not get paid for it? Mm-hmm. And after like a week of arguing with HR, they finally let me do it. So I just, it made it easy, dog. I mean, I was working for free for 120 hours, but it went by quick because I was already at work, you know? So Right. It worked, it worked in my benefit, but still, dog, dealing with that shit. And at the same time, dealing with through a divorce, I was, oh, I was broke. Yeah. I yeah. was broke, broke. <laughs> that was my lowest, I think. So. Damn. Yeah, that'll wake you up. Fuck. It's a, it, you know, it's a ride, man. It's a fucking, you, you have to understand the consequences and hopefully you're you're mature enough to know what to do when shit like that, when you do get, get caught up, you know, and how how you should appreciate, uh, appreciate one, your freedom, and two, uh, the system. You know, a lot of people fear the system, especially with what we do. But once you understand it, you know how to lawyer up and you know how to keep your mouth shut. Things just get so much fucking easier. You know, they can't they can't catch you up if they don't got more evidence. And the more you talk, the more evidence you give them. So, you know, like so like here in America and shit, fucking you say lawyer or you say that you don't want to talk and shit. They, you know, they pretty much kind of have to stop talking to you after you say that in Canada. It ain't the same. They could sit you there, dog. For like 15 motherfucking hours if they want to. And they can like just 
talk to you all the whole fucking time. Even if you said that shit, lawyer, 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 don't fucking matter. They could keep talking to you, dog. And whatever you say in between then will get charged against you, dog. Like they will fucking, they will tire you out. That sucks. And that's how they break people, man. They, they, I remember them trying to do that to me and just the whole time. Like, honestly, I just didn't know what to say because, you know what I mean? I didn't want to get uh, whoever I was with at the time caught up. And so I just kept my mouth shut, you know, and I, I was going to take the rap for it. But like I said, bro, bro like the, the whole lawyer system, the whole judicial system, once you know how to, once you understand it a bit more, it makes it easier to not fold, you know? And I think that should help me out a lot because the first thing I, I was like, yeah, hey, I got my lawyer. I got a lawyer that I got to talk to. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Once I said lawyer, bro, they left me alone. They brought me snacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was eating fucking graham crackers and water. And uh, yeah, once I wasn't going to talk, so they let me go. And, uh, you know, the, the courts kind of handled the rest. If there was any advice, if there was any advice that you would give yourself, with the knowledge that you have right now, if you could just jump to the part where you started graph and art and lettering in that way, what advice do you think you'd give yourself? Honestly, man, I bet in the 20, you asked that because I was thinking this uh, not too long ago. I was at a bar fucking chilling before I stopped drinking. And uh, honestly, a lot of it was just to make my own decisions because I followed. I was a follower. You know what I mean? Like whenever my homies went somewhere. And they chose a spot. They chose a spot. I never had any input on on where to go. I was just, I was the kid that was down. I was like, oh, you, yeah, I'm down. You guys are going there? Oh, I'm down. You know, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of that for me was, a lot of that for me was just trying to fit in. And don't get me wrong, doing that, I had a lot of fun because I got to meet crazy amount of people, crazy amount of writers uh, in the day, back in the day. But at the same time, I never, like when my homie started getting caught up and then I got, I would get scared because, you know, I had to deal with the whole deportation shit. I think a lot of that had to do with the fear of them telling me like, hey, bro, like, don't go, don't go, you know? And Mm -hmm. honestly, a lot of the times I wish I would have gone, like nothing ever happened. And at the end of the day, if I was going to get caught, my consequences would have been the same as they were. So I just wish I would have got more up, honestly. But at the yeah. same time, thought for, thought for myself, picked my own spots, actually scoped out these locations because I, I trusted way too many people. Yeah. And I just, I didn't make my own decisions. But to stay focused, focused on, on what my end goal was. Like, I think you said something once about, uh, I don't want it. I don't want all this shit to go to waste. I don't want it to be for nothing. Right. And that resonated with me because I remember at the time I was like, I was 18, 19. I was like, man, I've done this for a year, four or five years now. Like, I don't want it to be for nothing. Like, I don't want to just stop doing it and then have to go get a regular-ass job. Yeah. You know? And I think that's where tattooing kind of came in. Uh, it came in a little bit later for me, but honestly, I would if I would have stayed focused, I'm sure it would have came a lot sooner. Yeah. So, yeah, now, you, now, now you're your own boss. Yeah, thinking for myself was a big one, man. Uh, once I realized that I had to think and do for myself what I needed to do for myself, my family, whatever, uh, that's when things that got really into gear for me, you know, things like I started focusing more on, uh, you know, tattooing, not just tattooing, but uh, doing murals. I was painting restaurants at one point. Nice. Uh, so just just turning it into a monetary thing, you know, going from racking cans and racking paint to so, so I can go paint to now being able to afford to buy my own shit without having to deal with a, a fucking uh, theft charge, you know? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, again, once you start getting older, you also want to transition. You know, you don't want to, at least in my mind, I didn't want to keep doing the same shit. I wanted to still do graph and I still wanted to paint, but I wanted to transition it into, all right, now I can start doing pieces. Now I can start doing murals and painting restaurants and making it, making some sort of money off of it. And it sounds like the trader, something a trader would do, but you can't. You can't live on a dream, you know what I mean? Like it's it's a dream job, but it's you can't really live off of it like that. Yeah. I mean you might get lucky and be that one person like softballs or whatever you do. <laughs> no, but you once somebody gets there, it makes it harder for everybody else to get there. You know what I mean? Because now already that's already been done. So what's next? You know, and for me it was just don't don't lose it, don't fucking stop doing it, but transition it into something else. I wish somebody would have told me that you can transition. You can still do what you want, transition it into other mediums, you know, fucking 3D printing, you know, making shirts, making, you know, apparel, starting your own print company so you can help out other writers and other up-and-comers because that shit helps. You know, you are putting yourself in these positions. Yeah, you might consider yourself a sellout, but you're still helping other people do what they need to do while they get there, while they get to where you're at. You know, so just being being more independent was would be my advice. Be more independent. Think for yourself. Think like a hustler. There you go. Because because money, money is not going to get thrown at you, especially not graffiti, man. Graffiti. Graffiti was big in galleries in the 80s and 90s. Now it's just, you know, it's really normalized now. It's really normal now. Normalized, you know, to to where. It's in video games. It's been in video games, but it's in video games now more than ever. You know, you got all these real world, uh, all these second internets and all whatever the fuck they're called. And people are living in these worlds on the internet in virtual reality and they need backgrounds for their world. And where do you think they get these backgrounds from? They take pictures from the internet. They take pictures from the streets. They go out and scout locations. They see some dope art. And guess who's not getting paid? The artist. Now we can't get our shit copyrighted. We can't get shit stolen because other motherfuckers are making millions off of something I painted. Mm-hmm. A year ago. You know what I mean? Like so. Yeah, you're gonna have to transfer to the metaverse. We have to. We have to. I feel like we have to definitely uh, understand what our art and what our potential is in this industry and in, in just art in general. Uh, right. Because at the end of the day, man, visual, the visuals are what are going to make the future. I feel, you know, that's the creatives are going to, you know, create something that's going to be more ergonomic, more useful. I see motherfuckers uh, taking the tips off the, the Krylons and then putting the uh, fucking attachments to them. And we didn't have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Serious. No anti-graffiti can, you know, every can was a graffiti can. I could potentially make money off of this, but now how do I do it in a way that hasn't been done? That's true. That's the tricky part, dog. That's the tricky part is trying to innovate your style that's somewhat sellable but still stay legit at the same time. Yeah. Like it's fucking difficult. That's a that's a crazy thing to try to navigate through. I'm trying to do that shit all the time. And and you know what though? <clears throat> the fact that you're you're doing it all the time, you're gonna you're you're finding ways to do it. You know, I've seen you come out with merch, with plugs, with panties and bro that's <laughs> That shit sells, and, and honestly, bro, that shit that shit is, you know, admirable. Like you can look up to some somebody doing shit like that because they're doing it. They're they're doing something that most people are willing aren't willing to do. You know, a lot of people are willing to fucking go out and tag and 
put their name up. But then when it comes to actually making money and hustle to to, to feed your family off of this shit, right. it, it, it scares them. And so people don't do it. They're, they're little, how many graph writers have you met in your lifetime that are now doing construction? Uh, uh, working, yeah. working in a casino because it was a cop out, you know, and I, I didn't want to do that. I personally didn't want to do that. I didn't ever. I knew that the casino industry was a huge industry, but man, like I, you can't be you. You can't be a. You can't be an artist anymore. You're, yeah. you're, the, you're their worker. Learn how to grow from it. Don't, don't let it go to waste. And uh, don't, well, don't box, don't box yourself in. Sorry to cut you off. Don't oh, yeah. like, don't oh, yeah. box yourself in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, because you know, it, again, you can potentially. There's a lot of talented motherfuckers, bro. You see some dope ass shit on these streets. Some dope ass color scheme. Some dope ass letter combination. You know why? Why aren't why aren't we looking into getting into making our own ads? If they're if they're gonna fucking put ads up and go over graffiti, why don't we just jump into their market and put graffiti into the ads? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like they're already doing it with with certain letter combos, like fucking what's that soda splash or whatever the fuck. That shit looks graffiti as fuck. Did they, I don't know if I saw it. Did I see it? Or something? I, a, I might have seen that shit. There's like a Sam's Club. Or, I, I know, know Sprite. There's... Sprite does that shit sometimes. Oh, yeah. They hire a lot of graph or a lot of people that were in the graph scene, which is, you know, people that go into the, the digital lettering world. Or callig- What's that shit called? Uh, call- well, calligraphy, I guess. But like they'll get into lettering and, and type, typography. There typography, yeah. That's my, a lot of my stuff is font-based or typography-based, too. And, and yeah. think about it. That's, that's, you're, you're already learning the, the fundamentals of making ads. Yeah, know? and so, the structure of a letter, too. You know, yeah. like the structure of it. That's like the, the bare bones part of it, it so, seems like. So if, we're, if you think about it, if we're learning this, and we're learning this on our own, why can't we, why can't we dominate that industry and take over the motherfuckers that are, are going over our graph with ads? You know what I mean? Like when you see billboards, that's, that's an ad. That's, that's a form of graffiti. If you think about it, cause it's, it's trying to get your attention. It's trying to get you to buy. Right. We just want, we just want you to look and admire. You know what I mean? We ain't trying to yeah. sell you shit. Yeah. No, that's true. Enjoy it. Enjoy this. What I made for you. You know what I mean? Like, so you can make your day better or whatever. The fuck. Make Definitely. My day yeah. I don't know if, about you but i get i get happy as fuck when i see some dope graph on the freeway or yeah even my haters even my haters i just like to see it happening dude yeah you see see them catch a good spot and you're like motherfucker i wish i would have caught it but yeah kudos to you though you know yeah exactly yeah i love that part of it and and you know what though that's what makes you genuine because there's a again there's a lot of fucking haters bro but these was hate to the fucking bone they will hate they will they would want you to fall off that bitch I feel it. I feel it. I've even heard some stuff like about my haters too, where like we would have mutual friends, you know, and they'll tell me like, you know, certain people serve such and such, you know, or get some trees or whatever, allegedly. And like fucking, they'd be like, dog, like, honestly, y'all are hella the same. You know, y'all just write different letters. You would be surprised how much you would get along with such and such, or you would get along with these fools. Honestly, a lot of that comes from, I feel like people just not being open-minded, man. Like, they're they're too they're too caught up in the the politics, I guess, mm-hmm. if you want. Yeah. Uh, to really enjoy what they're doing. Yeah, it's 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 what people will rely on when they got nothing else going on. It seems like 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 if you're focused on your own shit, you're not hating on people. You don't got time to hate on them. Yeah, that that takes energy from you, man, and and that's energy you can 
choosing to fucking go catch another spot. You yeah. know, so yeah, it's uh, definitely uh to me it was an eye opener, you know what I mean? Learning how to transition. I think that was the biggest one. Learning how to not be a hater, learning yeah. how to support how to support your the people struggling because you they're struggling just like you're struggling. You know what I mean? I'm sure they're they're doing graph for the same reason you're doing graph. You know, it could be that you guys had a shitty childhood at home, or you just fucking your homie's brother got you into whatever. I feel like everybody has the same story to a, to an extent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Different, everybody lives different lives, but at the end of the day. We all. I started doing graft because I was never trying to be home. You know what I mean. I didn't want to be home. I didn't want to be in a gang. You know what I mean. That, that's all that was at home it was the gangs and fucking the neighborhood gang and fucking drugs. I didn't want to be around that shit. Yeah. What did I do? I got out of my neighborhood so I can go out and tag on shit and skate and bike and enjoy enjoy my life. You know, without Absolutely. having to, without having to fucking worry that it turned into a. For me, it turned into joining a, 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 a culture of graffiti, you know? It was, it was kind of cool. No, I really appreciate that too, Doctor. Honestly, like, if, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this, man, but you you and a handful of other, maybe even a handful, not even, but you guys really keep me interested in the graph game enough to where I still want to do it, you know what I mean? And for somebody who hasn't been in the scene for like eight, eight plus years, whatever, how long it was, uh, it's kind of refreshing to talk about, you know, again, the glory days, but also just fucking really, like, push myself a little bit more to actually do something with it. So stop, I don't want to stop painting ever, but at the same time, I want to still see the homies still getting down, you know? Like, I, I think to me, that that's, like, a big heartwarming kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like that, see too. Myself. I feel like that, too. Every time I see you, like, coming out with a new piece or, like, a new fucking tattoo piece, I'm just like, hell, yeah, like... I got, like, a homie that, like, still does his thing. Like, that shit makes me, like, really appreciative, you know? Yeah, well, dude, it's, it's cool. It's a, it's a good it's a good, uh, it's a good vibe to have with people, like, to, to just have that inspiration. So, for sure, it was a, a cool thing having me on. It's fucking dope, dog. I hella appreciate it, dog. Like, I know you're hella busy and shit. I ain't gonna hold you back too much and shit. You know what I'm saying? But. If if people ask me uh, I, I, for like I, anybody, I always I always try to recommend you. If if I can, I try to recommend you all the time. If anybody's looking for real tattoo work, yo, this is Moss. Uh, my Instagram handle is Tattoo Ruben LV. Uh, you can check out my work there, uh, and then my website is uh, TattooRubenLV.com. Thank you, dog. I appreciate your time, Maji. And I put a lot of my heart into my artwork, so. Hopefully, hopefully that shows and, and, and people see what I'm doing and they look at it as an authentic, you know, so 